0: Jules, I don't know if you can see. Have a look at this. So I went to Rushworth, obviously on the on the Saturday, and like a pap and that uh, gave us a bottle of Chandon to, for the for the engagement, and we cracked open the bottom the bottle. Lauren had a drink, and I was I was a bit pissed, so I grabbed the the, the bottle really fast, and I chipped my tooth. Look,
1: no way. He looks like he looks like a homeless person. <laughs> but that's how's this that's, that was even before the two <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: actually true welcome everyone we're back
1: 2022 Almost Blues Brothers. You're listening to episode 42, boys. Season two, episode one, but it's the 42nd episode we've done.
0: The Adam uh, almost... Huh? The Adam Sardet.
1: Yeah, Adam Sard. He interrupts the intro. No, that was a
0: good. It was a good interruption though, because you normally do that. No, I'm with yeah. Jules in this. I'm on Jules. Yeah. I'm with Jules. Yeah. Right. Anyway, you said, hey, and just
3: prior to the show, you <laughs> did say you wanted to change it up, so I'm just hopping out of brother. Yeah.
1: We're a shambles. Um. Almost Blues Brothers podcast episode 42, brought to you by Blue Broad Media and Proform Personal Training. Yeah. Dan,
0: we're on board. Dan's,
1: Dan's business is on board this year. So, uh, and he'll we'll discuss that a little bit more next week, I think, in terms of you're going to do something for the listening.
0: Yeah, have got a little offer.
1: All right. We'll do that next week. But it is the first episode for 2022. I'm Joe. I'm excited. And as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts of this podcast.
0: Co-hosts. That's what we are now, Jules. I'm a co-host no. as well.
1: If you're co-host, I'm a co-host as well.
0: Best mates.
1: And best mates. Yeah. And brothers.
0: And brothers. Brothers. More Dan and Jules.
3: More importantly. Dan and Jules, how are we, lads? Fucking unbelievable, lads. And it's fucking unbelievable to be back. Jeez, the vocab. The vocab. It's been, it's, it's been, <laughs> I know I was looking out before the show, but... Um, you know, fuck. I can't wait. And actually, there in the flesh in probably four months, and fuck, we'll be able to do it. You know, in person for real. So it's going to be inspirational.
0: I reckon when you come back, I'm going to go.
3: Yeah, same. To be honest, fuck.
0: I might come back as well.
3: Depending that's, on how
1: things this? That's five. That's five f bombs from George no, Within no. the space of thirty seconds. Relax. We've got kids listening. Yeah, like every now and then's all right. But fuck, we have. We have two. Six. Fucking- <laughs>
3: We have two co- two kid co-hosts. Oh
1: my god,
0: Jules, we're gonna have to bleep you out. Just
1: relax, Blake. We're trying to we're trying to create a family friendly environment here. Every now and then's alright, but just expand the vocab we'll, a bit, Jules. We'll, Jesus,
0: we'll leave him because he's excited. As am I. Like, Joe, you can be a testament to this. You know what, boys? When we started last, or when we finished off last year, we actually needed the break. Mm. The break was good, but then as we've got closer and closer to today. The G levels have been getting more and more.
1: I'm just excited. I'm just, I don't know. I For some reason, pod, like I'm excited for the podcast, but I'm just, now I'm starting to get excited proper for the season. Yeah. Like I'm starting to see training pictures and videos and reports and all of that sort of thing, Dude. which we'll talk about so. a little bit with Tez, who's, who's coming on. But I'm just, I'm starting to get that bug. It's, it's, there. That yeah,
3: it's there. Yeah, it's there. Give me a bit of a tingle, aren't we?
0: I'm trying I'm trying to tame I'm trying to tame whatever tingle you're getting, Jules.
1: Yeah, Jules is excite- Jules is very excited. Jules is actually beyond the point of excitement. He's out of control. <laughs> That's where he's at. I
0: think we're gonna have to re-edit his whole part.
1: Now look, it's great to be back. Before we get into it, how has the off-season been, boys? Did you have a good break? What'd you what'd you do? I mean, Jules, I know you're in Spain, so we'll start with you. I'm sure you went to beach. A
3: a year's holiday boys, you know, so um Nah, I went away for New Year's and just been working obviously in between now and now and then a lot, but um well not a lot. My work isn't too um isn't too too difficult at the mo- at the moment. So but I'm enjoying it and that's it. Really? I can't believe you boys? I can't
1: I can't believe you're working when you're on pretty much a holiday for a year. That's what's got me fucked. Dan auguri bello.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah,
1: for, for all the listeners that didn't see it, we did post on, on socials at the time, but over New Year's, and I was fortunate enough to actually be with you, Dan, which was a bit of a coincidence, but Dan proposed to his partner, Lauren, and for some reason she said yes, but they're engaged. Oh, goody.
0: It's, it's exciting times in the household. I was, um, let's just say nervous was an understatement, but I've, I've actually had the ring for about six months, boys. I think I told you, Jules, that I was gonna pull a trigger.
3: Yeah, you told me. And um do you, do you want to give listeners a bit of an insight of how 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 it went down? Because um you did a bit of a it was a bit of a debacle.
0: It was it always is, but when you don't plan, it's um it's it's leading that way. I had zero preparation towards the, the proposal. All I know is I saw a spot that led onto water and a hill, and I thought that's the place I need to do it. <laughs> and then I, I thought. I want to capture it because I know Lauren obviously likes, like she wanted to capture some form of the proposal. So I set up a camera with the timer and the camera fell. So um, me thinking that I had it all worked out, but no, it was a good day and I was fortunate because people on their balconies actually recorded it for us. So um, we've got that memory there, but um, overall, no, we're, we're happy. So now just planning a wedding, boys.
1: That's it. it was, it's the first first of the three of us. You, I think you're the... Be like the second That's or third good. to get engaged in my immediate friendship group. But it's the first of the three brothers, yeah, and uh, I think Jules is not far behind. If you ask his Spanish partner sitting just behind him now, I reckon she'd say, come on, hurry up, let's go. But anyway, <clears throat> we'll see in time, Jules. He put his head down. He was, <laughs> <it> was touchy. <laughs> we're, look, we're in for hopefully what's going to be a big year. Uh, personal stuff aside, but if we get back to football, um, there's been so much change in this football club. So much to already discuss in our first episode. Back, I mentioned at the start of the episode we're gonna have Terry on from Blue Broad. Um, he's gonna take us through what he's seen at open training. He's been to both open training, so that should be good um, in terms of the, some of the insights from there. But look, if you're new to the podcast and you're sort of you're looking for some, you know, weekly therapy, you come to the right place. This is it's a podcast that is just. A roller coaster. It's the trials and tribulations of three genuine Carlton tragics. So if that's what you're here for. It's what you're going to get, basically. And hopefully, there's going to be more ups and downs this year um, based on all the hype. So that's for all the new listeners. We might have a few. We might not have any. We probably won't have any, to be honest. Well, we,
0: didn't, <laughs> we didn't think we'd get to season two, but we here. didn't.
1: But we are here. And on that note, thank you for all the returning listeners. Thank you for a great first year. Um, it was. I don't know about you boys, but it was more than what I sort of expected doing this podcast. For me, it was just to get together. We we talk about the game anyway, but it was just to record some shit that basically, you know, gave us a bit of a laugh and you know it was a bit of therapy for us. But we got a lot of support across here, and it was it was amazing. So I just want to thank all those returning listeners. Yeah, oh, no, been... no,
3: that's all right. Yeah, no, nothing with that. No, no, it's been it's been good. Um, it's been good. Obviously, like you, like you said, Joe, we do do it. <laughs> do you love it how we just kept him hanging? Nothing. He wanted something, and we just come
1: on. Give so the listeners something. Just... They don't want to just hear from me, man. They want to hear from both of
3: you. No, nah, so no, nah, it's been good. Obviously, in the last um, you know, year and a bit, um, in which we have been um doing this, but um, obviously, it's good to to give something back to to the public as well. Um, So, but yeah, obviously there's going to be some good times ahead um, with us having a laugh and obviously we can give you some good information about what the club's doing um, and hopefully uh, we communicate it well, me included.
0: To sum up this podcast, you got banter, Carlton, arguments and very, very loud. A lot of emotion.
1: A lot of emotion.
0: (laughs) But I think what would top it off for us boys, I think this season, if if, if Carlton, if our team does well, we I just some, want them to do well. We
1: need some more wins, so let's hope. you Yeah, know, here's to a bigger 2022 for the team, and and hopefully we can we can bring the same level of energy, if not more than what we did last year, because we had a lot of fun, and uh, it is it's good fun. So all the all all your favorite segments are going to be back for 2022. Livy's last word, Pop predicts all the votes that we do and whatnot. We are replacing one though, which we'll get to. Miss episode a little bit later, which uh Jules is very excited for. So that's all right. And uh for anyone listening that hasn't followed us on Instagram already, you can go to our Instagram page at almost blues brothers. You know, throughout the week there we'll post you know polls and get your thoughts and whatnot. And that's where you can find all our extra content. So And we got a new logo. We do. I did just you know, it was something small, very small
3: changes, it's not. It's not a massive logo change, but nah, No, we thank you very much for your, for your time that you...
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shut
3: up, shut yeah. up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. We do value
3: what you
1: do, Joe. How's this, Pov? He then values my social media skills that highly. He actually offered me a job at his business part-time to do the same thing for ProForm.
0: How's this, Jules? <laughs> Cheaper. <laughs> yeah, he offered me a job.
1: I didn't say he offered me any pay, but he offered me a job. <laughs> Fuck, um, the, job, the job is pay. That's, we that's what uh, that's what it is, on the, just on the socials front. I've been Twitter, oh, did you? Too toxic, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone on there, oh, like you know, Jules, you haven't touched our Twitter account, but <laughs> nah. it, it's just everyone's just too negative. Oh, they're just at,
0: at each other's throats, yeah, I can't what, handle it. That's what it is, though. It's a that, yeah, it's exactly what it is. In, in, any, you know what, any, any, in any way possible,
1: if there's any listener out there that want to manage our Twitter account hit us up on Instagram. Send me a message because I'm not doing it anymore. Did my head in. Did my head in. Between like COVID and politics and then all I want is football, but it just bombards me with all this other shit that I just don't want. So I've been to... If you want to get involved, there's a job for you. So if you're a listener out there that wants some social media experience or a, or a, an internship at the Almost Blues Brothers podcast, jump on board.
0: And <laughs> you can get a two-in-one deal where you can then manage pro forms social media because <laughs> I know Joe's not going to take the job. I'm not. So... Right, let's just do a little bit of a preview for the show. Chills have lost it.
1: First up, we're going to have Terry joining us for a preseason open training recap just to kick things off. Um, we're going to go into some general Cartland football news um, after that. We're going to talk about the leadership group shakeup, which was some big news over the past couple of weeks, Walshy re-signing. And we're going to do a full 2022 fixture preview for the Blues. We're going to go through, and I just want to get your initial thoughts, just first glance, wins and losses, and see where we end up, the three of us. And that's off the cuff. I haven't even told you, boys. No, no that. It was a shock. So we're going to go through it. Just bang, 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 bang. Don't so mind that's it.
0: it. Let's go. go round by court.
1: round. Yeah, round by round. But right, uh, before you. we get there, without any further ado.
0: Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into it.
1: All right, we're into it. We've got uh as we said in the intro, we've got Terry Degani, the man from Blue abroad with us today. How are you, mate?
4: Mate, I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Congratulations on season 2. We're up and about here.
1: Oh, it's good to be back. It's good. It's uh no, it's 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 good to have you. We did we we wanted to get you on cuz Obviously, Jules can't get to open training because he's in another country, but uh, Dan and I, we haven't been able to get down to either of the open training sessions that have happened. We've heard a few things here and there. Yeah, here and there. Um, but you've been to both. Uh, how was it? How was the vibe, first off, with the crowd and with the coach, new coaching group and obviously the leadership call and whatnot?
4: The vibe was—the vibes were up, I'll tell you that much. It was good to be back home. I think uh, everyone can agree when you go back to Icon Park, you get that nostalgia all your memories come floating back. Everyone, I think the first session, everyone was just happy to be there. And then the second session uh, seemed to be a bit more business as usual. Um, Voss is really good. He, he addresses the crowd on both occasions about what they're doing, what they're working on, but it's not fluff. It's just more like, this is what we're focusing on in this session. And and this is obviously, he, he announced the leadership group as well. So the difference I find, I found between the open sessions this time around compared to last time was they just look like men at work. There's no mucking around. There's no games. Um, and they're moving the ball with the purpose. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to sell the dream, but it definitely has a, a, a workman look to it. Well, I think just having everyone there would have
0: uplifted the session and in the intensity for sure. Like You probably would have seen it, Tez, even though we probably can't compare it to when it's a closed training, but you know, you know what it's like to play in front of crowds, or to you know. I think it would have uplifted them in a big way. Well, it's been a couple of years since they've had
1: crowds really consistently, and especially with open training. Oh, I can't remember the last time we had an open training. To be fair, so yeah, that would have been it Would have been a big buzz. Would have been when we were five years <laughs> old. How it feels
3: <laughs> back in the day, mate. <laughs> um, right, so go, Jules. I was just going to um, have a bit of a question in around um, if they had a bit of an inter-club or a bit of a practice match or any, any match sim, um, just as how the boys are going, what positions maybe they could possibly be playing.
4: Yeah, so session one, I'll say it was split into two. The first half was like kicking drills and half ground drills. And then they moved into a little bit of match sim and had two teams and used the full ground. Session number two was pretty much, honestly, an hour and a half, maybe even close to two hours of genuine match sim, um, which was really what we go there to, you know, to watch them train for and and see who's playing in what position. And I'm sure we'll touch on it shortly as to some of the positional changes we've got questions about. Um, Session two was really good, really exciting to see. And I'll touch on some of the players as well. But yeah, match sim is definitely up and about. Yeah,
0: awesome. That uh,
4: leads me to my next one is because I've seen like
0: just from like photos and out of like say Jack Carroll physically looks bigger. Who who sort of stood out from a conditioning aspect, um, Tez? And and on that, because I'll, I'll back that up. I feel like what I've seen in photos,
1: and we say it every year, but I feel like what I've seen in photos and videos and socials, for the first time we actually look as a group just a lot bigger like, we've always been – because we've had so many young kids come through have always looked like we're a little bit smaller. They actually look, as a group, physically more imposing than what they have in, in previous preseasons. It was,
0: it was funny because from an interview from Jack Carroll, he was actually saying, like, oh, the photos are doing me justice. But you can see the boys look
4: bigger, and how? I want to see
0: from what you saw, yeah, Tez. Yeah, how looked, Tez. Yeah.
4: So from a conditioning point of view in terms of, like, who's put on size and genuine size, Carroll takes the, takes the cake. He is just thicker. I'd almost say he's thicker than Paddy Dow. And Paddy Dow, I don't think really has put on as much size as what we would like him to have. And that may be because he's going to play more of a running role. I don't know. But Jack Carroll, always, he's filled out. Fisher, he's definitely filled out. Cunningham's upper body is definitely filled out. And then there's um, Luke Parks. So those guys are the ones that really stand out from a put-on size perspective. And then in terms of guys that are really like toned up, Matt Kennedy is like shredded. Like you can see the lines in his quad muscles, and you can see the separation between one side to the other. It's, it's, it's really interesting to see his body composition compared to the others who have gone the other way and tried to put on size. I want
0: to know, Tez. Yeah, like, sorry, Jules. I want to know, Tez. Like, who
4: looked like there's players
0: that look good. Then who looks sharp? Like who was moving quick already at this point in preseason? Like,
1: and then Jules, you can go after this. Because Dan's cut you off about four times, so that's alright.
0: I just don't want him to talk.
4: <laughs> so I'm really cautious in saying this because we always want to keep a lid on this particular guy. But nobody impresses me more watching them in terms of who's sharp and who's got that bounce. Charlie Kerno. He and like again, we're really cautious to say his name because we don't want to put too much pressure on him, but. He's throwing guys around, he's jumping, he's changing direction, he's got athleticism, he's got dexterity, he's playing up the ground. Um, he's up and about, he's kicking goals from 45, 50 on the angles. And I saw it the first session and I thought, okay, it looks good. And the second session, you see it a bit more. And like he, for me, takes the cake. I think if I had to pick my three guys that are standing out, it's him, Jack Carroll, number two. Like Not only has he got size on him, but he's just getting a lot of the ball and he just seems to be in the chains of the handball links and all of that. Um, and then you've got Mitch McGovern who, you know, looks pretty solid. I think the game plan is going to suit him if he's playing the role that I've seen, which is like a third spare, if you want to call it in defense, maybe like a Jake Lever type role. Um, the ball's coming to him and they're looking to get the ball in his hands. He's taking kick-ins at training. Um, so those are the three. But Charlie, like, it's, it's time to get excited. Charlie yeah. looks- Thick.
3: Yeah, I've seen some. Um, <laughs> I've seen. I'm seeing some footage of Charlie just launching at the ball, and it looks genuinely, genuinely exciting to see. Hopefully, 2022 can be a can be a big year for him, particularly with him and Harry going at it in the forward 50. Um, question in regards to Zach Williams, just in terms of like where he's playing. Um, mostly, I've heard um, things that he's been playing down back most of the time, but obviously, you've seen some match sim. So, can you just give us a bit of intel
4: in and around how he's going? He's definitely playing behind the ball from what I've seen, which is obviously just two sessions. Uh, it looks like he's going to start at that half back flank role. Um, I guess the other thing to note is that, and then the thing that's good for us is you've got Chera and Walsh on opposite teams, just going at each other the whole time. Then you've got Hewitt and Cripps just dogging each other, right? And then um, then you've got, you know, Weedering on, on Charlie or Weedering on Harry, Um, And then when you think about it, particularly in that midfield group, like they're going to be on the same team come round one. Um, So yeah, it's, it's Zach Williams behind the ball from what I've seen so far. And then that midfield group, they're playing on each other and, and they're actually not holding back. Like maybe you'd be a bit scared that they're going to hurt each other, but at the same time you train how you play and they're not being nice. Like they're just cracking in at each other.
1: It's good. Uh, that's good to hear because we do need a bit more aggression, a bit more mongrel from this group. And it leads me—you've you, led me into my next question nicely. The new recruits. So Hewitt, Chera, obviously you, Lewis Young, as well. But Hewitt and Chera, are the two that I want to focus on, and I want to focus on it because you've said someone like Matt Kennedy's come back, looking in, ripping Nick. Obviously Ed Kurnow, he's you know he's a lifer of the club, and he's always going to be in and around team selection, and and one of you know the first twenty-five picked every every other week. But with these new recruits coming in. And based on what you've seen from them at open training versus a Kennedy or a Kerno or a Setterfield or a Dow, who do you see making way? Because Hewitt and Chera, they're going to be first picked every week at, at this stage. You'd think you don't bring him in to, to sit on the yeah. pine. Who is it out of that crop of, you know, top 25 from last year that probably sits at this stage?
4: In terms of who sits, I don't know. Like, I think Kennedy has to be in the team from what I've seen. He looks good enough. Um, Paddy Dow. I don't know. I'll be honest. At this stage, and again, it's very limited, but Jack Carroll looks to be getting more of the action than what Dow is, personally. Set a field. Don't know if I've got him in the starting 22 right now. That could change. It's a long season, COVID and whatnot. But um, yeah, Chera, mate, Chera's going to be a big difference for us because he's got composure. He's a beautiful kick. He's got this, like, time Pitter-patter left, pitter-patter right. Doesn't just blaze away. and The ball doesn't travel very high off the ground. He lowers the eyes. Um, He's one that I'm really excited to see because you can also tell he's got another level to go. And when he's not trying to focus on stopping Sam Walsh and playing his own game, it's going to be exciting. And the other part about him is he can definitely spread onto a wing. I know that we don't really have a right-hand side of the ground winger if Doc's not there or I don't know what we're going to do. But Chera looks likely to be able to go on that outside as well.
0: Yeah, I just think uh, I just think as well because of our depth, that's going to obviously you can think about it. You got arguably the best fullback in the competition playing on the best full forward in the competition. Like in a, from a training perspective, likewise with Cripper and Chera and Hewitt and that depth in the midfield, they're all going to be able to lift each other's performances and standards in training. Um, and that's where I think as well Voss, from what he brings from, I heard Walshy talking about from a leadership perspective. And I think Cripper, his impact on Jack Carroll when they were in WA was massive for Carroll's now, I guess, confidence. And then like what you said, Tess, for you to notice him a lot from the open training, I think shows how much he's trying to lift his game. I mean, it's a kid, we're
1: talking about a kid that hasn't played a game yet, right? And and if he's standing out in training at, at this point, it's just a testament to, I guess, the recruiting, the long-term recruiting of the last, I would say, three years, where you know we've 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 drafted to plan for the future, and we've and we've bit the bullet on you know trading picks for the now. So it sounds like we've finally got hopefully that balance where you're going to have kids really pushing some senior players to keep their spot, but you're going to have senior players that are really really good they're going, that are now going to be pushing senior players from previous years as well to to either up their game or they're gone basically. Mm.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the other name as well, which will I believe will be a name that we'll be talking about a lot this year that we aren't right now, is Oscar McDonald. And I know that you know Lewis Young's come in, and everyone's got this idea that he's just going to replace Jones. I know it's two sessions, but he looks like someone that maybe needs a bit more time to just develop. It looks very still, much pretty raw, whereas Oscar McDonald. I mean, in two sessions, I don't think Harry kicked more than one, maybe two goals on him in two sessions. Like he's just he's just solid and he's not trying to intercept like Jones and run off his man. He's just locking down completely. So I, I think he's another name that we'll be talking about as a starting 22 player come round one.
3: Um, just also, I just want to touch on um, how Jesse Motlop's going um, in terms of how he's running around the Ford 50. Is he looking exciting? Is, is he looking
4: dynamic? And um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about him. Session one, he was in the match sim. Not going to lie, I didn't I? Didn't notice him to be honest. Um, to the point where I would say, oh yeah, he's looking good. Session number two, he didn't do any of the match sim. He was doing laps, and he was in. Don't know if he was in the rehab group or just a different program. I know it's his first, you know, full professional preseason, so uh, there is that as well. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be at this stage saying that he's playing round one just yet. I could be wrong, but I I think it's just more of a call the jets on him and let him, let him do his thing.
1: No, it's a, it's a good wrap up. Um, we've got the practice match in a couple of weeks, which Dan and I, we're going to get to on, on a Thursday, the 24th of February, I think it is. Um, so, and we'll talk a little bit about that next week to preview it, but, uh, we'll get down there. I'm excited to see the boys in action. Tez, it's been a pleasure. In terms of blue abroad for this year, you want, like it's up and up for the channel. Um, you know, massive year last year. Um, I would I would dare say that was your biggest year of growth that you've seen for the channel. Do you want to give the listeners just a little bit of, of insight on
4: what to expect this year and 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 where you're taking the channel? Um, I won't do what the club do and, and tell you guys something special. Other than we're just going to be putting the work in, and um, the proof will be in in the pudding. And I guess everyone can judge what we do. But I guess the, the mantra for this year is more of the same consistency. We've got another year to, to, to cover everything. Um, I'm really excited because I think a lot more opportunities are going to come up for everyone that's involved this year. And I think we'll add a layer of trust with everyone involved, fans, industry, club, AFL. And uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing how everyone you know, flourishes this year.
1: Sensational, mate. Thank you for joining us today to give us that insight. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. and Thanks, we And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Cheers, boys. Tess. Love it. Thanks, Tess. Ciao.
0: See you, mate. Ciao, ciao.
1: It's insight that, obviously, because we haven't been, we haven't gotten. Hopefully, that gave a little bit to some listeners that haven't been able to get down. Um, but like we said, we're going to be there in a couple of weeks at this practice match against the Saints. So hopefully, we see a lot of what he was talking about in terms of positional changes and who's improved and whatnot. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think from that practice
0: match, we'll actually get a better understanding than from training. Like Agree, yeah, sure.
3: But like I said, I'm I'm really excited about, um, particularly what Tez has been um, telling uh, telling us about. So, it'll be interesting to see of what um, you know the Packy matches matches come
0: what they come with it. I like that with Tez, um, he didn't mention uh, you know your Walshes and your Crippers. He was he was sort of talking more about your Kennedys, your Carols. It was you know Dow, etc. So. It was actually good to, to hear from those players because you know what you are going to get from Walshie, eh? mm. <laughs> and good. even on top of that, even ter- in terms of the communication
3: um, between Vossi and the and the actual crowd as well. I know I've seen yeah. a bit of footage footage around it, obviously on the on the socials and um, on the website, but um, obviously, like you said, he actually went into more detail um, than um, what the actual socials and internet did say. So
1: that's it. Now. At the top of the show, we said we've binned one segment for this year. And I think a lot of listeners might be a little bit sad. I I was. That this one's gone. That might be a little bit sad that this one's gone. Could it come back? No. No, it's it's done done done. now. We said said it's retired. The book of Judd has been retired. That's it. We're done. It had its time. We got enough
0: from it. Jules, we got enough from that book.
1: How's this? For a little oh, pun. we got more How's than this? enough. How's this? We're turning a new page.
2: Book ah, of sure. Job was about trying
1: to find some solace in some really dark moments last year, and, and it served its purpose. This year, we're, we're, thinking, we're thinking the Blues are back, yeah? Like, we're thinking in some way, shape, or form, we're going to see a more consistent Carlton than a Carlton, and, and just a Carlton that teams a winning are mentality. Yeah, winning mentality. Very good. And to encapsulate all of that, we've got another book. It is signed by the great man as well. My my dad gave me this book. He got this at this great man's testimonial dinner back in the 90s, late 90s. Your dad was there with him, Jules, as well. I think it was 97. Yeah, signed fine. by the great man. And... We're bringing it in for this season to encapsulate success. And we do
0: refer always to the glory
1: days. Yeah, and yeah. winning, oh. and bringing back that winning mentality. This new segment is thick Says.
3: Stand by your man and tell the world you love him. Baby, stand.
1: All right, so there it is. Stand by your man, Sticks. He's one of the greatest Carlton people to ever live. Encapsulated success, encapsulated working hard. There's actually a quote here at the start of – I don't even know what chapter this is. It's just called 1995. That's all you need to know. At the start of this chapter from Greg Williams, it says, I don't reckon I've been at a club that has relied on a bloke so much, and that's referring to Sticks. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about putting the boys on your back and just getting it done. So – a bit unprepared here, but in future weeks, we're going to be a bit more prepared in terms of what passage we read. I might even give a little bit of a background as to where it's come from. But first chapter, start of this chapter, page 82, 1995. I've been fortunate enough to have played a part in three premierships, says it all. Says it all. Yeah. Winning. It's not bad. 1985 with canalg 1987 and 1995 with Carlton. All three will never be forgotten. For as those who have ever been involved in the game will tell you, premierships are very Hard to land. Goosebumps. And that's it. It's, it's it's not the book of Judd. It's what Stick says, and what Stick says goes. And that's it for the year.
0: So you can look forward to that every week. You can do I next am. week's day. I will. I
3: will look forward
0: to it. I'll go next week. Yeah. You Doesn't do. it just – see what we're trying to do with this podcast is we're bringing in positive. It's not about yeah, – We're just going, and going on another level each and every time. This yeah. is going to rub off guys. I oh, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Forget disappointed.
3: We should actually just inbox the link of this episode to all the players and just so they can get inspired.
1: No, you blow yourself too much. All right, we're going on into some general news (laughs) (laughs) AFL crowd caps. It's the biggest piece of news that's going to come out of the AFL this year. Two years COVID affected season, COVID affected crowd capacities. It's been announced. In Victoria, everywhere around the country, there will be no longer a crowd capacity on AFL matches, NRL matches, any sporting matches this year. That's currently the plan. But what it means is going into round one, we're going to have about eighty-five to 90,000 people at the G screaming on that Thursday night for us to get a win
3: voice. Can, can you imagine, like, from what I've seen in terms of all sports, I know it was a big thing last year, but obviously we only had, what, what was the max you could have in Victoria is it 40 or 50 percent?
1: I think we got to 75 at one point. And got 75.
3: Got all right, 75 percent. But even then, at 75 percent, there wasn't as if the capacities were at 75 percent in terms of what they reached on game day. So I think this year has a has a different feel. So I generally feel like as if there's going to be, you know, the 80, 85, 90,000 plus. But then you just imagine all the the built up emotions over the last couple of years um, in what the people ha- they've had, you, you saw it at the Australian Open with what Kokonakis and Kyrgios and what intensity and levels that they had um, and, you know, the sort of the, <clears throat> you know, the communication and the the relationship that they built with the, with their supporter base. So I have no doubt that it's going to be
0: something something similar, hopefully better voice. With my fingers and toes crossed, I'm hoping that it- This is – we're behind it now, yeah? It's going to be full stadiums um, and as a player, as a current player going into round one, if you don't get motivation with 80-plus thousand people there at the G, then something's wrong. Um, And we're going to be there. I'm 100%. I mean, Jules, you're not going to be there, but
1: me and Dan, with your dad, my dad – uh, we're going to be there and we're going to be rocking it at
0: the G. It's, it's very good news. It. It's, it's, it's good news for the players. It's good news for the fans. It's good news for AFL in general. To,
1: to put into perspective, the last game that we attended, Jules, was the last game that you attended.
0: Yeah, that's right. Fuck. Yeah. No, that's right. No,
1: I'm serious. I'm actually dead serious because yeah. when you, you left when we
3: went back into that lockdown that yeah, week, yeah, well, yeah, that week, the week after, something like that. So, the
1: last, the very last game we attended in person was when you left for Spain. That's how yes, long it game?
3: Been. What game was that? That was, um,
1: maybe in Hawthorne.
3: Hawthorne, maybe, yeah. maybe there's actually Rio. How's
1: this? Frio? We went to a game that afternoon that you left, so uh, that's it's a slight no, lie. A lie. We were, we're Adelaide, you were was- US Adelaide. It was Adelaide. That was the yeah, last game. I was sitting
3: at home watching it before I left to the airport. That's right. Was that with Tez?
1: Yeah. With Tez. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's been a long time. So hopefully these boys get a bit of a rise out of having the 25th man back at the MCG. Um, right. Let's get into some Blues news. Blues leadership group. Big shake up. Uh, in the past, we've had, you know, 8, 9, 10, 14, 18, whatever, how many people we have in our leadership group. It's been a, an absolute shambles. Voss has come in, stripped it right back. Um, Doherty, first off, obviously stepped down himself on his own accord and fair enough with what he's been through, needs to focus on himself and focus on his health. Yeah, but he's been there but he looks training. Good. Yeah, he looks good. He does yeah, look good.
0: He looks good. He's in good nick and it's good to have him there and the boys would love having him there and, and regardless – he still holds a very big leadership role oh, within, for sure. within within that playing I mean. group. Despite sure.
3: who cares if it's is, not it's, listed. The thing is, even for him, it's a uh, for the players. It's very uplifting to see him there. Okay, it's it's inspiring. You know, in terms of what he's gone through, not only obviously with the, the two the two Ricos, but then obviously in terms of his um you know his health um, as well. Um, I think it's just only uplifting. It's only going to help. How's this for a comment? anyone can be a leader in their own right
1: yep and that's oh, a good sure. segue it's a good segue because sure. and doc does look in good spirits he looks in good he actually looks in good nick i reckon he's going to be back a bit sooner than what we all think to be fair um he looks in good nick looks in good spirits but he needs to focus on his own health and that, that, that's fine and get his body right get his mind right and that's absolutely fair enough with what he's been through wish him all the best and hope hope that he does get back sooner rather than later But they have stripped back this leadership group to three. It's the first time I've I've seen three. Like, I've I've only ever grown up knowing Carlton to have, like, five or six at least in their leadership group. We'll start with – let's start with Cripper, sole captain. Um, Didn't come as a surprise to me. We actually called for it last year. We said we think Cripps needs to be sole captain, and I think that's going to help in terms of his responsibility and help growing his leadership in his game. What do you boys think about Cripper and his new role and how, how this is going to maybe affect him positively or negatively?
0: I think Voss is saying to Cripper, this team's now yours. Take it. He's, he's giving him more ownership to really lead this side. Um, yep. I think, like we mentioned last year, that we were actually preferred one captain as opposed to the dual captaincy. Yep. Um, I just think, in terms of lines of communication, it's, do you know what I mean? Coach, assistants, captain and then your vice it's just very clear concise and that way there i think i think it's a message for, for to, from vos to Cripper to say mate come on show, show us show us all what you're made of now
3: yeah my, my thinking behind it is in terms of obviously the traditional aspect of it um, in terms of having you know your cap your sole captain and then you two vice i i I applaud it. Okay. My only thing is, I think Cripper can do it. I just hope he doesn't take think that the onus is on him in terms of his playing aspect, in terms of trying to do too much. I think he still needs to do and keep it, you know, his basics and his just needs to, you know, his ferocity at the ball and his attack on the ball um, and the man. Um, that still needs to be there. And then on top of that, the extra layers that he d- does have is people follow. In terms of the way he attacks the ball, and like I said, but then on top of that, I hopefully still has that ability to to direct, okay, and help the other players around him in terms of his leadership capacities. I think Jules. that's really important in the
0: midfield. Jules, Voss, Joe, Voss, arguably one of the greatest leaders of the game. Yes, he Stop. knows what leadership quality stands to be a captain. Okay. Uh, on that point,
1: I've got a quote here from Voss from when they. Uh, announced the new leadership group at Open Training the other week. He said, since arriving at the club, I've seen firsthand the incredible passion Patrick has to bring uh, to bring this team success to this football club. And then equally, both Jacob and Sam set the standards for work rate and professionalism and have earned the opportunity to lead as co-vice captains. A strong culture is centred around great leadership. We certainly have that in these three players who have a terrific understanding of what is required to drive standards at the elite level.
0: Yeah. He, and he knows he knows what yeah. it takes to be a leader. And do you know what a big thing is? Leadership on the park and through your own performance as well. Yep. Yeah. And if you look at all three of those names, oh, i no, by example. That's a week yeah. in, week out. They'll lead by example. That's a week in, week out top level performance from all yeah. of them.
3: Yeah. But then obviously Speaking, Yeah, go Jules. No, nah, so obviously in terms of weeders, like mate. Hey, in terms of his level of performance, he's that. He talks. You can see him out there, and, and he's you know, you know, giving the boys a bit of orders down back. But um, obviously, while she mate, he leads by example, like you said. But then you know, you got other layers to it as well. You know, like he, I've heard things like that, Harry Mackay, in terms of his um, professionalism and the way he instructs things down the forward fifty. Um, on top of that, even Charlie as well, even though he hasn't played you know a lot in the last couple of years, but his leadership around the club has been. Um, phenomenal as well, you know. And then obviously you still got the likes of, you know, Ed Kerno. Plano. I've heard Plowman speak a lot on field as well. Um, and then I have no I have no doubt Doherty and, and so on will have a say as well. So it's not like as if it's just up to those three players. It's, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a collective.
1: Spot on. And this is what I brought from it in terms of the three, rather than a captain, vice-captain, and then four leaders as part of a leadership group that just have this informal role as a leader, right, or a formal role as a leader, being stripped back to a captain and a vice or two vice captains. Everyone everyone has a captain. Every team has a captain. Every team has vice captains, right? That's stock standard. You need you need a couple of people to look to week in, all week right. out. Yeah, you need a couple of people to look to week in, week out for leadership on and off the field. But what it says to me is the fact that we don't have an extended leadership group anymore, it's symbolic of the fact that it's got to be an all-around effort. Every, every All 22, 23 with the medical sub... I forgot about that, that pull on the boots each week and pull on that jumper each week. All 23 of them have a role to play on game day, not just from a football perspective and what they do with the ball and tactically, but as a leader across every single position and every single line on that park. And it's, it's, it's every single person's responsibility to speak up when the time's right. And you know what? To hammer if you need to hammer. I'm, I'm, I'm big on letting someone know if they're out of position or if they've done something wrong, past couple of years we've been too quiet as a football club on game day. You, you don't hear us talk.
0: Yeah. So I'm a big believer. It's it sort of goes a little bit against what you were saying with stripping the four. Well, you know, four, what was it, four other captains. Mm. Yeah, is because now it's a like I said to you, it's a more clear and concise line of communication as to who you go to and who is sort of leading this team. That's what I. That's what I feel. Whereas before, you had too many chiefs. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. No? Even in terms of in regards to the spray, I'm I'm all for a spray as long as long as it's for a purpose and for a reason. And then obviously on top of that, you have the clear, concise information of what they did wrong, very quickly. In particularly in a game, you know, because things are going 100 miles per hour. Um, yeah, give them a spray and tell them what they've done wrong, but then tell them what they need to do. Okay, that's that's the most important thing because they're asked you just there doing and no one knows, you know. So no, of course. it's a level of communication that needs to be that I think needs to be better. And you've seen it on game day as well. You know, I've seen footage where you know, players at
0: players aren't really doing, you know, what's supposed to be um, done of them. So too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Now we got three chiefs <laughs> instead of seven. It's fair.
3: They're
1: good points. You're not gonna hammer for the sake of hammering. You're gonna you're gonna call something out if if it's blatant and and the person needs to know there's a way of doing it, that's fine with, with different people, and you need to you need to know how to do it. But I just think from what I've seen from us in recent years, we're too quiet as a football club. We don't have enough almost passion or aggression come game day to want it. And all 23 have to want it. And for me, I understand what you guys are saying about in terms of there's it's a direct line of communication to three, but I think it's a, I think for me, it's a, it's a bigger picture to go. There's three chiefs, but everyone's got a role to play. Everyone. It, it's not just four that are going to make up an extended leadership group. It's 22.
0: Of course that's given. But yeah. if we're just talking like, of course that's a natural thing where you empower every single. But one it hasn't athletes. been,
1: but this is the point. It hasn't been up until this point. It hasn't been because we've picked eight players to be part of a leadership group. And they're the ones that, that talk across the lines on game day. Of course. This is all 22 on game day, 23, whatever. They're the ones, all 23 of them, are going to lead this football club.
0: Of course. In an
1: informal capacity.
0: Of course. that's that. But that I'm just saying that based off what we're talking about, we're talking about just the three that are appointed and, and why and what their role is as a, as a leadership perspective. Yes? Yeah. Well, that's one part. But, of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. On top, on top of that, at the fun. end of the day, these – leaders in a way it's just for your more formal things off field plus obviously on field in terms of barking instructing but then on top of that it's um um it's about um you know taking the blow as well like the pressure yeah Yeah, when the the, the media come at you and i feel like as if in terms of the way these three players speak as well they can handle it they can handle the heat you've seen it especially Cooper in the last couple of years he's had a lot of heat and and um he had it early on in his career uh, Walsh hasn't had it too much but you know he's a, an athlete of a, of, a, of a different breed you know so um and you can see the way he conducts himself he he's he can handle pressure no problem so he's had he's had, he's handled he's handled the number 1 pick you know so um extremely well so it
0: will be interesting to see what happens Voss was also talking about with Walsh's appointment as a vice with preparation and as you said professionalism um and again with Waiters, Cripper, and Walsh, you have that element. And then that there, if your captains, like I said, even though it is a formal thing to mention them, players still look up. Jules, you know what it is. When you have your captain in the team, you still look up to them. So they mm. set the standards and the example. Do you understand? Mm. If, there's, if there's so many of you, then you, you're looking at different people. Whereas if there's three or one or whatever it is, if there's a lesser number that you can look to, then the standards are set by them.
1: Yeah, no, it's fair. It's fair. And I I, do agree with Jules's point, especially about having, you know, a more select group that take the heat. As, as harsh as it sounds, it's, it's why you're there. You do need to take the heat. But if you've got consistent messaging from the same people each week, it becomes a little bit more believable in terms of this is our plan. Like, this is our strategy. This is what we stand for as a football club. Does, does that make sense? That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Walshie, re-signed. 2026. This kid is the reigning John Mc- John Nichols medalist. He was fourth in the Brownlow last year, behind. How, how is this for some names? Obviously, Ollie Wines, who won it, Clayton Oliver, and Marcus Bontempsali. That's it. It's huge. That's it. That's yeah. all that's ahead of him. At, he was second in the AFLPA MVP for 2021, behind only Bontempsali, and he had a top ten finish in the coaches' votes. And the kid's not even 22. Yeah. Like area. I don't know. What, what does this say about where, you know, there was a lot of noise from the media, which pissed me off because he was always going to re-sign. But there was a lot of noise about, oh, they can't afford him. He's going to be a $1.5 million player. How are they going to fit him into the cap, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, if you've got the right culture, we saw it with Richmond, where they re-signed players for well under what they were probably should have been paid. Hawthorne did it for a lot of the years. Granted, they were winning flags. We haven't won flags yet, and we're still signing players, Cripps, Weeders, now Walsh, for way unders, what they could have got in the open market. What does that say? in terms of where our football club's actually at and the belief inside the football club on where we're heading for Walsh to extend for four more years.
0: Well, you've said it yourself is that when I saw it, the first thing that that came to my mind when I saw his extending for another four years, he believes in in what we're going to do and he believes in the group and what this group can produce. That is instantly what came to my head is if Sam Walsh is extending till 2026, he knows... There's something cooking. And boys, believe me, I'm starting to feel there's something cooking. Big time. Big Please time. Don't
3: bring that, bring back that motto from like 10 years ago. I know.
0: No. <laughs> it's actually true. Yeah, don't do that. It's actually true. But no, <laughs> um, in, in all seriousness, like I think I think that says a bigger thing about the club as a whole and the direction and the quality and the ambition. As to what they want to achieve, and he's going to be—he wants to be part of success. You don't play footy to—you don't play sport not to succeed yeah. and not to be the, a winner. The
3: the thing is with with Walshian, a lot of the players um, that have come out in the media and spoke, um, they've all—they've always said, and even um, you know, you know, previous coaches and coaches um, that are there at the moment, they've always said that in terms of the atmosphere, and environment, um, and the, the players' willingness um, to learn is is strong and and develop. Um, both on-field and off-field. So it's not like as if it's, um, you know, there hasn't been one player or one person outside the club or internally that has said anything other than that. So um, it's, you know, it's obviously a great environment to be in. It's just, you know, they need to work together and put in the right things in place in order to, you know, to be successful on-field. But I feel in terms of the relationships and whatnot that they've built and the standards they have, um, you know, it's up there but they're just not doing it consistently enough. And maybe the game plan and so on in terms of, um, in a coaching capacity hasn't been, um, hasn't been the, the right thing hasn't been put into place in the last, you know, three, four years. Yeah. Um, so no, I, think, I think the only way is up.
1: Spot on. And again, it's, for me, it's, it's plain and simple since, uh, when was it? August last year or July last year. So the last seven months, We've been able to re-sign the reigning Coleman medalist, Harry Mackay. We've been able to re-sign Jacob Wiedering, who was stiff to miss out on an All-Australian again, but former John Nichols medalist. We've been able to re-sign Patrick Cripps on low coin, based on what we understand. And obviously, captain of the football club, you'd never, ever want to lose your captain. And number four, we've just signed arguably, not even arguably, the best kid under the age of 22 in in the AFL for another four years, who is now our vice captain as well. It just speaks volumes in terms of these aren't re-signings of fringe players that are important to your structure. These are re-signings of your guns, of like your spine. Like if if, if even one of them doesn't re-sign, it tells you there's something wrong. Mm. The fact that all four of them re-signed without too much, whatever you want to call it, fanfare or hoo-ha, hoo-ha. Or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, hoo-ha. Like uh, like Pacino in what's that movie? <laughs> without without so much fanfare around it, and how easy we really got it done in the end, boys. I, I don't. For me, I'm not. I'm not overly optimistic on what we're going to do this year because it's a new group, it's a new coaching staff, it's a new game plan. I think it's going to take time to gel. But I'm optimistic about what we're going to do in two, three, four years time.
0: Yeah. No. Well said. Oh, I think as well, guys. And again, like I'm actually, I'm a big fan of what Sayers has done thus far. And I think him and what they've been, what they've started to instill as a culture has played a big part of that as well.
1: Now that's it. Speaking about this year, to finish off, we're, we're at the, the tail end of the first episode for 2022. And are we? I did tell you, yeah, we are. And I told you that I was going to spring something on ya. We're going to go through the fixture. I said, I, I literally just said, I don't have too much expectation, but I do. Uh, in terms of what we should do this year as a football club, at the end of the day, you are measured on wins and losses. So we're going to do a quick exercise from all three of us. We're going to go through round by round, just quick fire, right? We're not going to analyze this at the yeah. moment. We're going to do that throughout the year, but quick fire, based on how you're feeling at the moment, based on where you think the football club's at, we're going to go through all 22 games. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the game, and then we're gonna go me, Dan, Jules, and it's either all I need is win or loss. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. We're not discussing
3: it. We're not, discussing
1: it. we're not discussing it. No discussion. I just want to know quick fire, just to get a gauge on where we all think our win loss record is going to be at the end of it. Try and be realistic. Yeah. Like if we're coming up against like Melbourne, don't say win, please. Like don't be stupid at this point. We're not that good. We're good, but we're not. We're not. We're not there yet. I can see Dan's face. He's going to put a win against twenty-two games here. <laughs> All right. Round one, Richmond at the MCG, win, win, win. Round two, against the Bulldogs at Marvel Stadium, loss.
0: Yeah, loss, loss. I'd say just because we had them on the ropes for three yeah. quarters. All right. So I want to say win.
1: They made the grand yeah, final. I know. They made the grand final. All right, origin.
0: but I want to say win because we couldn't be
1: different. Okay. Hey, I'd say win to 22 games. That's what we're going yeah, to be just, saying throughout the year, but...
0: You're telling me to be realistic and yeah. we had them for three quarters. Yes. Right. Or yes, no? yes.
1: Let's not get... I'm not going back
0: there. I can't go back
1: there. Round three, Hawthorne at the MCG. Win. 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 Round four. Win. Gold Coast at Metricon. Win. Win. Geez, Ben King, just by the way, while oh, we are there.
3: watching it. Yeah. Very yeah, unfortunate.
1: ACL. Like, he's a, he's a cracking player. I love watching him play and... The Gold Coast is going to be in a world of hurt this year. They're going to be yeah, him. Forget about in all it. sorts. Port Adelaide at the MCG. Loss. I'm going to say win. I'm going to say win. And that's me being realistic. I know we lost by 100 and something points on, over at Adelaide Oval. I don't count that because we were done and dusted for the season. Uh, if we're going to take a leap, I'm looking at Port Adelaide because they've never really – for me, they've never been like a threat. It gets the finals, and they're not—they're not that threatening side like a Richmond or like a Melbourne have been in recent years. They get there and they just sort of fizz out a couple of prelims, but whatever. It's more so I feel—I feel like we're going to take a step. They're probably going to take a step back this Keep year. Keep going, no discussion. Round six, Frio and Optus, our bunnies win. 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 Uh, round seven, North Melbourne at Marvel, win. Oh, win. Fucking hope so. Jesus, <laughs> can't do that again. Adelaide at Marvel, win. Win. Round nine, GWS at Giant Stadium.
0: I'm saying loss. loss yeah.
3: Win.
1: Mm. Round 10, Swans at Marvel. I'm saying loss. 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 Round 11. Win. Collingwood. Win. I'm, Fuck them. You won't see me putting a loss against the Collingwood or an Essendon game, and, and that leads us to Essendon in round 13. Win. 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 Richmond. Round 15, 14 win. 14. win. Win. That's three wins. Frio, round 15 at Marvel. i got to win. 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 16, St. Kilda at Marvel. I'm going to say loss.
0: Mm. Win. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck, it's a tough one. I'm saying loss. Yeah, go loss.
1: Round 17, West Coast Adoptus. Win. I'm gonna loss. say loss. Yeah, I'm gonna say Fuck loss. On. Jules, your loss. I'm loss. Yeah. Geelong at the G. <sighs> loss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say win. Same. You gonna say win? Yeah. Jules, your loss.
3: Yeah.
1: Round 19, the Giants at Marvel.
0: At Marvel. I'm gonna say loss. We we, we can't we yeah. can't get them. Loss. Yeah.
1: We've we've lost Kobe nine Green. out of, nine out of our last ten.
0: Green pulls our pants down.
1: Yeah, he does. Round twenty, Adelaide at Adelaide win win. win. Round twenty one, Brisbane at the Gabba loss loss. Yeah. Probably a big loss. Yeah. Round twenty two, Melbourne at the G. I'm saying loss. loss loss. And then the last round, Collingwood win win win. Not a bad fixture. Well, this is the thing. So Champion Data rated our draw the easiest. Yeah.
0: It- from that, from the from the teams that we're playing. So,
1: the, uh, according to the way they measure it, and the way they measure it is this, right? I, I found this article today in terms of how they did measure it.
3: We're only playing like two teams that got over 100% twice. Yes. Like that. So They're
1: they've said they've said 30%. we don't know exactly when every game will be played, but we do know who plays who, the rounds and the teams everyone plays twice. The best way to measure the quality of an opponent is their percentage rather than their pure win loss record. Right. So we'll be looking at how tough each side's double up opponents are below. For us. We do not play a side twice that had a percentage over 100 last year. You can see it. So that's how they've rated our draw the easiest. However, and, and look, you do have to beat what's put in front of you. Um, and, yeah, it is it is a relatively easy draw, but there are going to be teams that are jump. Different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There are going to be teams that jump that weren't that great last year. And in all of that as well, we've got two trips to WA and to Queensland against all four of those interstate teams. And we've drawn Richmond and GWS twice, who have been serious final features for the last, you know, better part of the last six years. I don't know. How do, how do you boys see it overall after doing that little exercise in terms of, yeah, in terms of think, how easy
3: yeah. or difficult the draw is? I think, is. Like, you, like you said, Paysan, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, going off last year's results and, and, and the final standings. Yeah, it's probably a relatively easily draw. But you don't know what 2022 will bring, you know, in terms of injuries, in terms of suspensions, in terms of um, game plan. Whether, you know, I'm not only I'm not, I'm not only talking about our team, but other teams too. You know, obviously there's some teams that, you know, didn't perform so well last year. For example, Richmond, they didn't make the eight, but possibly they may make the eight this year, and they might be putting some pressure on top four. Um, and then obviously there might be some teams that that do jump. For example, like St Kilda as well. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens. But overall, yeah. going off last year, it's an easy, it's an easy draw.
0: The fixture itself, you heard my my reaction. I was shocked at of the teams that were mentioned, boys. I really feel as though if we if we bring it, the intent, the effort, then any fixture can look inviting. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think it's more up to us rather than who we play. So we didn't we didn't discuss
1: any of that before this show. That was quick fire. You guys had no idea what we were even doing it. How many wins do you think you gave us, both of you? Uh, 12 plus. No, no. Uh, give me a number. 14. 13. Jules, 14. 13. 13. We all gave them 14 wins. There you go. 14 and 8. So for me, that's about right because we should be playing finals. There's probably a couple in there that will drop that we might be a little bit overly optimistic about. But even if it's 12 to 14... That gets you finals, and at the end of the day, that's where we need to be.
0: We need to bring it as a team. It uh, doesn't matter who you play,
1: boys. That's it. First step wrapped, done, dusted for 2022. We're gonna finish it off. It was a pleasure to see you both again. This is I'm good very, good I'm back. very much looking good forward to be back, this. back, Very good to be back. I can't We're wait to finish until
3: this game. Start rolling.
1: Yeah, I agree. Oh, we didn't oh. talk about the women's, but to be honest, there's not much. To, there's not much to talk
3: about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay,
1: oh my god, <laughs> they it's,
3: it's it's Maddie Persparks and the rest at the moment. Yeah, Grace
1: Egan's not. She's a she's a gun. Grace Egan. She's oh even
3: um Harrington's been good and um Abby Abby McKay is been good too.
1: Also, yeah, the, AFL, the AFLW analyst is back. Look at him. Look at him. Who
3: like
0: is him. the one that you know? <laughs> no, you know you is
3: blowing, but isn't she injured?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. she is. Yeah. I was about to say Georgia G was going all right. She, was. Is she injured now. Darcy show kicked a ripping goal against Frio on the weekend. I don't know yeah. if you boys saw it, but it was yeah, like, like yeah. pick up, burst, snap, like on the run.
3: Yeah.
0: Unbelievable. Was it like, was it like Eddie Betts.
1: How's this? We lost Betts by there? 50 points. We lost by 50 points, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> hey boys. Boys, just quickly, just I know when we're wrapping up the show. Yeah. But jumper numbers. Chera, number five. We'll do that yeah. next. Let's do that next Mot- week. Mot- number
3: Short.
0: three. Got know, nine. Does that does that that, hey, 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 on. hey, I've I've hey,
3: missed, hey! Missed quite a bit. Hey, hey, are underprepared? And let's, let's do. The, un- the, oh, I'm underprepared. No,
1: I'm How's this for all the listeners? I was the only one that actually prepared for this show. So how about next week? We're going to do a Sounded
3: more prepared than.
1: Next week we're going to do a best twenty two for the fully fit because then we'll do our round one best twenty two when we come up to round one. We're going to preview the Saints practice match. Uh, which is on Feb 24th, and then any other news and whatnot throughout the week. But let's, we'll talk jumper numbers next week. Let's do that. To finish off the show, it's good to see you, boys. We had a segment last year that everyone just got around. They loved her, and I love her. Same. Dan's his family. Dan's sister in law. Yeah. She will be family. Dan's sister in law, Livy. Instead of Livy's last word today, it's Livy's first word for 2022. Oh, so here we go. Livy's first word
2: what I'm excited for the 2022 Colton season. I am very excited for our new coach, Michael Voss. Um, he was a coach for uh, Brisbane and he was a player for Brisbane, a cap- premiership captain for Brisbane. I'm um, also very excited for our new players, Jesse Motlip, Adam Kira, Dominique, I can't say his last name, George Herrick, Lewis Young, and that's our five players I'm excited about. I'm not excited that Eddie Betts is playing with up in Geelong for assistant coach, but, you know, that's life. Um, I'm excited. I think uh, Sam also is going to come good and better and stronger in the 2022 season. I have that feeling. Um, I hope we get in the top eight. I have a feeling we're going to get in the top eight. We haven't got to the top eight since 2013, which I'm very sad about. Um, but our first game versus Richmond, I hope we do win because... As you know, we haven't won in a long time and Richmond's been kind of bad lately. But they got Dusty. But Dusty, he ain't going to change anything because we got Sam Walsh. So, yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. I'm um, So, I hope that, of course, Harry Mackay does better in his shooting. He's missed a lot of goals. But that's all I think about in the 2022 season. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Bye. <laughs>